Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Paul Calvisi joins me. The goal is a simple one, win at home. The execution of said goal is where things get complicated, especially against an undefeated Eagles team. But first, a history lesson. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 600, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed it. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals and by Arizona Cardinals podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. So I know hashtag no math, but the question is, Paul, is history okay here on Cardinals Cover 2? Uh, you know what? Uh, we fared okay in history. It wasn't demeaning or demoralizing, so bring it. Yes. All right. History is on the Cardinals' side. Now, keep up here, Paul. The Eagles, they are the last undefeated team in the league, correct? Correct. 4-0. The Cardinals, they were the last undefeated team in the league a year ago. Oh, 7-0, yes. All right. Sunday's game will mark the eighth time that the last undefeated team from the current season will play the last undefeated team from the previous season. And in five of those seven matchups, the previous season's last undefeated team has handed their opponent their first loss. There's no way you found that stat. And there's no way you actually had the history of each instance as well. That's um, that's uncalled for, actually. It's so impressive it's actually uncalled for because it goes so far above and beyond than what we really needed, although I guess that does bolster the Cardinals' confidence, or at least it should going into this matchup. Is that what you're saying, Gree? Paul, I went through every NFL team's history of the last no, 100 didn't. years. No. Actually, it was brought right. to you by yeah. the National Football League and the notes yeah. that they yeah. give weekly. And I read the notes, and I yeah. came up with that, and I figured, hey, this team needs something, right? Sure. Anything to motivate them, especially right out of the gate. How about the prospect of getting embarrassed? Honestly, what about the prospect of getting booed by your own home fans? Because you know what? You just saw and heard and experienced what's that like. That is like in Carolina with Baker Mayfield when he got booed repeatedly, deservedly. The Panthers, man, I'm those fans unloaded on Last year in Seattle, when you knew things were coming to an end, the Russell Wilson era, I would say it's when the home fans, the 12s, unloaded on Russell Wilson and the Seahawks as the Cardinals and Colt McCoy went up there and won again in Seattle. So, you know what? That's the risk you run in your own building. You don't want to get run out of your own building, and you don't want to hear it from your own fans because you know you're going to hear it from the Eagles fans who you know will be in attendance. 125 is the kickoff. 8.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. And because we're all curious, the Cardinals have not won at State Farm Stadium since October 24th of last season. That was Week 7 against the Houston Texans when, once again, everyone, the Cardinals started very slowly in that game. They yep. trailed. Of course, it was only five to nothing. Then they right. boat raced the Texans right out of the building and right out of the state. And they realized, okay, wait a minute, we're the Cardinals, you're the Texans, and so thirty-one unanswered. Yes, but you're right. It was a pathetic start to that game, very slow start, and that has been the norm, not the exception, ever since. Why? How? Where do you start to resolve that? No one, literally, no one in the locker room. If they have the answer, they're not sharing it with the media. 
J.J. Watt moments ago was just asked that same question. And, of course, you got the the execute you know answer, which you always get. So in the absence of real answers, you just got, we got to execute better, which was what we heard. And so, okay, I mean, we know this. Um, I'll say from the sideline, I can definitely tell you the energy has to be better. And when you walk into a visiting stadium and it's you against the world, it does automatically ramp up your energy. When you have fans behind the bench yelling stuff that's not very nice, then might hurt your feelings if you were a sensitive type. Then, yes, you tend to respond, and it's fight or flight. And so there, that's sort of self-contained on the road. You don't get that at home. So you, you better bring some extra juice and energy and urgency because obviously that's been lacking in this seven-game skid. All right, perhaps because with the Eagles coming to town and the Cardinals with a former Philadelphia Eagle on the roster, Zach Ertz, first time going against his former team. Nine seasons he wore that Eagles uniform, and I think, Paul, it would be different. It would be much different if this game was in Philly. But even Zach mentioned earlier this week, he's not quite sure how he'll feel on Sunday when he steps foot on that field and looks across and sees a very familiar uniform and several familiar faces. And he knows the game's being broadcast back in Philadelphia, obviously. So the fan base he played in front of for nearly a decade, everyone's watching. Everyone that matters to him is watching. So it's a big deal. Cliff Kingsbury, earlier in the week, we shot his weekly TV show, Game Plan, and he joked, and I'm not so sure he was joking, that Zach Ertz at that point in the week had already given him about a half dozen play suggestions. So you know it matters to Zach Ertz. And you know that he knows that Eagles defense. Is that a serious competitive advantage for Cliff Kingsbury? And where to attack? Who to attack? How to attack. I mean, that's something that I'm guessing they've had a lot of conversations. It was interesting in the open part of media uh, on Friday. Greg, you saw it as well. Vance Joseph was walking back and forth with Kyler Murray during the warm-ups, during the stretching session. Vance Joseph having a long conversation with Kyler Murray. Now, maybe they're just talking about the beautiful Arizona weather (laughs) at the time. I really don't know. But if he was talking to him about, hey, you know what? Um... When defenses do this against you as a dual threat quarterback, does that help? Does that hurt? What do you like? What do you dislike? What do you and, and you know, and maybe he's trying to get some first half information and in formulating his own play calling and game planning against Jalen Hurts, one of the few quarterbacks in the NFL you can say is a similar dual threat to a Kyler Murray. I do expect Zach Ertz to have a good game, maybe even a better than good game because of the opponents and who's on the other side. It's not going to be easy. This Eagles team 4-0, and they are very solid on offense, defense, not so much on special teams. They'll be dealing with a new kicker as well. Cardinals will be having a new kicker as well. Matt Prater not going to be kicking this weekend. It's going to be Matt Amendola. But I do think perhaps if you look at an X factor, that former player going up against his former team always gets someone a little bit more amped up even if they don't want to admit it and then that brings us to Hassan Reddick does it not and talking to a few Cardinals offensive linemen this week he really jumps off the film especially the last two weeks he's had big games he's your reigning NFC defensive player of the week in fact you know this the Eagles are so good dot 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 they've won NFC defensive player of the week honors the last three weeks and it's been three different guys so uh, it's a very talented defense. Hassan Reck, according to the offensive lineman, has been their best player on defense. And if he was on, in that locker room 
there are guys who think he'd probably be the highest paid player on the Cardinals defense if he had actually started playing the edge starting maybe year two or year three. It just, for whatever reason, it didn't work at inside linebacker. And then when he went to outside, it took a little bit of time, but guess what? He has serious traction right now, and he's going to be a big problem. Big, big problem for the Arizona Cardinals offensive line. A team-high three-and-a-half sacks. He leads the league in strip sacks, forced fumbles, and fumble recoveries. And yes, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, following in the footsteps of cornerback Darius Slay and defensive end Brandon Graham. This is the number one defense as far as getting to the quarterback 16 sacks, and they are number one in allowing the lowest completion percentage, just over 56%. That is what Kyler Murray is facing on Sunday. And there's not going to be a lot of exotic stuff that the Eagles will dial up. They just say, you know what? We're talented. We're deep, especially in that defensive line. They have a legit six starters along that defensive front that they rotate in. Uh, you know they're very good in the secondary. Darius Slay is a legit All-Pro corner. Yeah, I think. And here's the here's the, here's the under the radar key to the game. Thanks for asking, Craig. Here we go. <laughs> Always man coverage. The Eagles will use a lot of man coverage. The Cardinals love to go against man cover. Kyler loves to throw against man cover. They don't see a lot of man cover these days. They see a lot of that high two safety shell zones. You know, try and rush four, drop seven, flood the zones, maybe have a spy and a Kyla Murray. That's not the Eagles most of the time. And the last time, by my count, the Cardinals went against a predominantly man cover team, it was the Cowboys. And what was the one game the Cardinals <laughs> won down the stretch? In the Big D. It, five out of six they lost, including the playoffs to end last season. But they had a big offensive game against the Dallas Cowboys, who were playing man cover. So that is definitely a top my old coaching grease board here to see what happens on Sunday and whether the Cardinals can exploit that, even though they're depleted a little bit at receiver. Well, you look at that Eagles secondary, they have two of the better cornerbacks in the league in James Bradbury and Darius Slay, each with two interceptions. So they have been tested and they've won. They've passed those tests so far this season, but it comes down to protecting Kyler Murray. Is he going to have enough time to throw given that Eagles defensive line and then it brings up the offensive line of the Arizona Cardinals how banged up are they center Rodney Hudson is not expected to play those were the words of head coach Cliff Kingsbury on Friday and when he says that you know Hudson's not going to play so Sean Harlow is going to be your starting center and then you look at the rest of the offensive line on the interior you don't know about Justin Pugh, who's dealing with an elbow injury. I do think he's going to try to give it a go. You've got Max Garcia, who has not played or has not practiced at all this week because of a toe issue. So then, all right, if Harlow's your center and you need someone to play guard opposite Will Hernandez, hey, Billy Price, you just joined the team. Let's get you out there. Otherwise, you're looking at Josh Jones. And, and not, We've and, seen that before, We've Paul. seen that, and there's a reason why he's strictly a tackle for the most part. That would be an emergency situation to get you out of a game. But you know, I, I can tell you right now, in Carolina, he was warming up several times because the Cardinals were down to Josh Jones, even though they didn't have any issues you know, at tackle, knock on wood. So, yeah, it's a legitimate concern considering the Eagles' defensive front. Again, they're not going to bring a lot of exotic blitzes. They're not going to bring numbers a lot. They just line up. And they play it pretty straight. They say, you know what, More, we're more athletic, we're more powerful than you. 
We got a Fletcher Cox. We got a Brandon Graham. They got a couple other guys that aren't exactly household names, but the way the offensive linemen speak in reverence as some of those defensive linemen beyond Hassan Reddick, um, guess what? They're, it's going to be a handful. So, what's the game plan? Can you run? at this Eagles defensive front. Now, according to Ron Wolfley, who was admonished me earlier in the week, that is the one liability of a very complete Eagles team. Both sides of the ball would be the run defense. That You can maybe blow them off the ball. They're so athletic that maybe you can come straight ahead in a power run game. All right. Overall, the Eagles defense ranks number nine against the run. What Wolf is looking at is the yards per play, the rushing yards per play. They rank 25th. Okay. Yet, what do the Eagles have that the Arizona Cardinals don't right now? And they've been playing with the lead. The Eagles have led for much of the regular season, so teams have to throw the football, meaning yep. how much has this Eagles defense really seen a sustained rushing attack? To your point now, all of a sudden, okay, you've got James Conner, you've got Daryl Williams, Eno Benjamin. Do we see a little bit more, not under center, Wolf, I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen, but more of the run game to try to slow down those defenders coming up against you on that D-line? Now, how many times did we see Kyler under center at Carolina? I, I, I should I should have prefaced this and let you know before we started Cardinals cover two here because I don't know if you have that info at your fingertips. I believe Wolf said on Big Red Rage, Nine times? Does that sound right? Nine times plus three kneel downs, so a total okay. of 12. But yes, okay. Ron so, Wolfley actually is right okay. on this one, Paul. He, yeah, he, yeah. he probably got that from you, uh, honestly. <laughs> he did. Okay, so, so that being the case, all right, the Cardinals trended a little bit more, obviously, towards that because it's so intriguing to hear Zach Allen in the Big Red Rage say, and I'm quoting loosely, that he loves it when teams get in the shotgun because this is according to Zach, nine times out of ten, the ball is going opposite of the running back, is going away from the running back, where the running back is aligned next to the quarterback. Very interesting. He said when they're in shotgun, it really streamlines what the possibilities are for a defensive lineman. I don't have to think nearly as much. I don't have to worry as much about the run and the pass. And most of the time, it's going to be pass. Let's face it out of the shotgun. So I'm curious if the Cardinals continue to get under center a little bit more especially in a game like this where you're coming off a game where all three running backs saw action. I love that dynamic on the sideline. Look, James Conner was a legit Pro Bowl running back a year ago, but Daryl Williams stokes it. Eno Benjamin presents a little bit of a different challenge. He's not a Chase Edmonds, but he is a change of pace back who's going to make a guy miss and doesn't hesitate to get north and south. And I just think those fresh legs of a three-headed rushing attack I'm I'm intrigued by that and whether we're going to see a lot of that on Sunday against the Eagles, even though they're deep on that defensive front. You know, supposedly, theoretically, you can go at them straight ahead. All right, so we know the Cardinals banged up on the offensive line. Do they just go with five offensive line? How much do we see Zach Ertz maybe not split wide as much as a receiver and line up in a three-point stance? Trey McBride saw a lot of time last week. How capable is he to help out that O-line? And the news here on Friday, Max Williams has been released by the Arizona Cardinals not on the roster anymore. That is just coming down here as we discuss here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. So you've got Steven Anderson, who is also on this team. So a numbers game. You had four tight ends. Now you got three. But your best blocking tight end was Max Williams. Wow. Yeah, that is that's um, that is something to process right there considering we just saw him in the locker room about an hour or so ago. Had not practiced this week. Yep. So 
He was on the injury report with the knee again? Correct. Did he have uh, such a setback that the foreseeable future wasn't a certainty and they had to make a decision accordingly? Because that is, they have guys coming back, obviously, and D-Hop's coming. He's back in the locker room, and he's going to be back in this roster soon. Did they make a preemptive strike in terms of that? There's a reason they were carrying four tight ends, and this is it. Hey, Steven Anderson, um, you know, hasn't been utilized to, I think, to his fullest. Uh, and Trey McBride obviously had some catches against Carolina. So, yes, I, I do think. And you released Andy Isabella earlier in the week. So I'm guessing you're going to see those three tight ends and in combination with each other. And I'm thinking Zach Ertz out in the slot or flexed out quite a bit, especially with Antoine Wesley suffering a setback. Rondell Moore is a game-day decision. Where exactly is the state of the weapons for Kyler Murray? Who's going to be at his disposal? All the more reason to circle back what we were talking about, about an enhanced run game. You went into Carolina, ran it 37 times for a buck 32, and we know the record, right? A year ago when they ran it 30 or more times in a game, they were 9-0. and yeah, That is just a trend. And if you don't get so far behind out of the gates, which they did, in the first three weeks of the season, then guess what? You have the luxury of running the ball, and that's what Cliff Kingsbury is talking about, and we confirmed with him on his TV show that, yes, he was able to stick to the game plan they formulated for Carolina because they weren't trailing by two or more scores in that one, and it doesn't wipe out half your play sheet. So getting off to a hot start, or at least any kind of a start, for this Cardinals offense is key. And then on the flip side, if you look at the Cardinals' defense going up against a very good Eagles offense, number two in total yards, the fifth best rushing offense, sixth best passing offense. They've only turned the ball over twice this season, and this will be the second time the Cardinals have faced Jalen Hurts. You remember, Paul, it was a couple of years ago. Hurts' second career starts, and he actually performed very, very well. Did not get the W in that game, but he was 20 of 44 for 338 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Had 63 rushing yards plus a rushing touchdown. He was, though, sacked six times in that game. But looking at the game since, he has not been sacked more than three times in any Mm. game since the Cardinals laid him out six times. See, that would seem to indicate his football IQ has really grown. He's able to get rid of the ball that maybe he was uh, what Josh Rosen called buffering a little bit in his second career start week 15 of 2020. Nonetheless, he might have held on to the ball and been a little indecisive at times and taken those six sacks. Um, Guess what? He threw no interceptions. He passed for 338 in that game, three touchdowns. He was impressive, especially for a second career start. I mean, you think of some of the early career starts. Russell Wilson made his debut once upon a time against the Cardinals. Cam Newton made his debut against the Cardinals defense once upon a time. So it was right up there, his performance, honestly. And he also ran it 11 times for 63 yards in that game against the Cardinals week 15, 2020. So he's a handful. And, and you know, he, he's a little different than Kyler because he will stoke it north and south and between the tackles, and he's a load. I mean, we've all seen the viral video of him squatting 600 pounds. By the way, you want my little anecdote? I went over to Rondell Moore. I asked him. I said, there's only one guy around here I can tell who, who can relate to squatting 600 pounds, and it's you because we saw that. Now, Marcus Golden kind of dismissed it. Some of the big guys and the linemen, oh, you know, squad 600, what's the big deal? Well, okay, if you're a skill player, yeah, it's a big deal. Rondell Moore told me. He kind of gave me a quick account of what, what went through his mind as he got the bar off the rack, and he said to himself, oh, my goodness, 
this really is 600 pounds. He said, I could feel every ounce of that weight. He said, and as I went down, it started taking me where I didn't want to go. <laughs> That's a direct quote from Rondell Moore. And he said, at that point, just the adrenaline kicked in. I've got 600 pounds on my shoulders, and I'm going the wrong way. And he said, at that point, he said, the adrenaline kicked in. I squatted 600. He said, as soon as I racked it, I said to myself, never again. <laughs> I'm never doing that again. He said, that's all I need. He's all beyond 600 is a moot point at this point. That's Rondell Moore. But uh, he's always got that flex. And I'm uh, as, as much as Hertz is a problem running, especially running between the tackles, what he has shown this season throwing the football and averaging a league best 9.1 yards per attempt, and that's because – He's got an A.J. Brown. He's got a Devontae Smith. He's got a tight end in Dallas Gardner. Dallas Gardner, excuse me. And don't forget about running back Miles Sanders. It yeah. doesn't just have to be Jalen Hurts. He has a number of different options. And then there's A.J. Brown, right? They're going to get it to him in space. You know this. They're going to get A.J. Brown the ball on the short, quick throw. And then who wants some? Because yards after catch, he's right up there with Debo Samuel. Very strong, vicious with the ball in his hands. He will take you out if you're a smaller DB. He will run right through you if necessary. Of course, Cardinals contained him big time with the Titans. Now, that was a much more simplified offense. The Titans last year, week one, and it was week one of the season. Obviously, they're reliant on Derrick Henry. That's not this Eagles offense. Much more dynamic. They'll get him the ball. A lot of different routes. Talking to some of the Cardinals DBs, they expect a, a much better use of an A.J. Brown than the Titans utilized him last year in week one. And then you got Devontae Smith, maybe the best nickname in the game right now, the Slim Reaper. Love it. Love it. And, and for, for everything he isn't, in terms of the thickness and how frail his body appears, he will fight you for that football. He will win the battle of the contested catch, and he's lightning fast. So you really have a, a very talented pair of receivers to go with the tight end, to go with Miles Sanders. Once again, Vance Joseph, what do you do? Who do you take away? You took away Devontae Adams. You made Cooper Cup the priority. Yes, he had the 20-yard touchdown run, but he only had four grabs. He didn't wreck that game. And then, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, 27 yards rushing. The Panthers had 40 yards rushing, so you, you neutralized Christian McCaffrey. But what do you do if you're Vance Joseph? And I actually asked Zach Allen that question. He said, yeah, this is more akin to the Raiders. Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. It's sort of a similar weapon set for a Philadelphia. So what does that mean? Are they going to try and take away an A.J. Brown? Byron Murphy, does he travel with him? Does he get extra help? I don't know. That's something we're going to be watching from the get-go. It's hard to stop everyone, and that's what the Eagles have. They have a number of different options. Yep. But going back to that Raiders game, the effort was, or the goal was, anyone but Devontae Adams. So going into this week, kind of piggybacking off the Raiders example, all right, do you go in and say, all right, Murph, or whomever it is, Marco Wilson, Trayvon Mullen, whomever is your corner, it's not going to be A.J. Brown. We are not going to get beat or beat deep by A.J. Brown. If it's the run game, then you know what? That's on the D-line and the inside linebackers. But A.J. Brown is not going to beat the Arizona Cardinals. I could easily see it if, if that's the approach. You know, if an Isaiah Simmons is on Goddard or even a Zayvon Collins at time or the two safeties, Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. And then Marco Wilson, who can run. He's with Devontae Smith. Maybe you go with a lot of you know too high safety and Buddha and, and JT. They're they're helping out accordingly with with each receiver. I just think you're gonna still try and disguise and change your looks post snap. Look for everything that Jalen Hurts is. He's also still a young quarterback. 
So if you can keep him in the pocket, a lot of what teams try and do to Kyler, keep him in the pocket, make him beat you with his mind, make him go through his reads. If you can make him one-dimensional, force him into the air, okay. If he beats us finding his second or third or fourth option, then so be it. Ball game. But we're going to make you prove it, that you can process it from the pocket. And you wonder because how well Isaiah Simmons, or I shouldn't say how well, but how much he played last week, if that's now we're going to see moving forward. Now, Nick Vigil is not going to play this week. He's out with a hamstring injury, so that opens up more room or more snaps for perhaps a Tanner Vallejo, a Ben Neiman. We saw Simmons play more last week because Vigil was not on the field. He had gotten hurt last week. But if Isaiah showed enough, and we assume that it starts with how he practices, but if what he showed this week, all of a sudden, you're right, let's go back to Simmons and perhaps cover a Dallas Goddard. Didn't work all that well week one against the Kansas City Chiefs and Travis Kelsey, but that's Travis Kelsey, and no offense to Dallas Goddard, that's... You know, there, there's a there's a strong there's sure. a steep decline yep. as far as those two tight ends are concerned. Yeah, Kelsey as a route runner is the best tight end in the game, maybe one of the best in the history of the game as a route runner. And and Isaiah Simmons learned the hard way. And Vance Joseph said it, and Cliff Kingsbury said it. There were too many alignment and assignment errors. When you have help to one side and you've got your leverage wrong. Guess what? Travis Kelsey can see that. He can exploit that. And him and Patrick Mahomes, they're in sync, they're in concert, so you paid for that. So in a lot of ways, this is a great test. It's like it's like he failed the midterm, and now he's coming back to take the next midterm, or he got a makeup exam. Let's see how he, he does, Isaiah Simmons, because, yeah, I do envision because of all the other weapons that number nine, what advanced Joseph say earlier this year, was drafted to cover the tight end, which was a huge liability before his arrival. Okay, here you go. Dallas Goddard, he's yours, and you better neutralize him. And he played more than 80% of the snaps at Carolina. I expect that to continue. Well, if it wasn't a midterm, perhaps it's a retake. Maybe he gets another opportunity to improve his grade as far as, hey, okay, I failed in week one, but hey, you know, my professor's a real nice guy or girl, and they're going to allow me to retake it. Now, I'll take the better grade out of the two, and then we'll see if this is the week that Isaiah Simmons plays like what we anticipated going into this year. Because, you know what, you're going to need him against Miles Sanders as well. Sanders can get outside. He can get the edge and get up the sideline, so you need his ability to go sideline to sideline, Isaiah Simmons. Zayvon Collins is getting more and more props from the locker room. Zach Allen on the Big Red Rage. You know, and Zach Allen said, look, no insult to Tulsa, but the AAC is not the NFL, and it just takes time. you got to learn on the job. And he said Zayvon Collins has legitimately made some really good strides, and and guys are fired up about his potential as he as the game continues to slow down for him. And you wonder if this, again, is the week. You end a long losing streak at home. You maybe get some points. At this point, Paul, I'll take a field goal in the first quarter just so I can eliminate that stat from any any more references here in the entire week. I mean, honestly, if Jalen Hurts wants to step out of the back of the end zone, (laughs) I'll take the safety. I really will. Whatever. Just you got to no longer. Okay. You got the lone undefeated team in the NFL, and then you got the lone team that hasn't scored in the first quarter. You got to do something about both those. End all streaks this Sunday. Again, kickoff 125 from State Farm Stadium, 8 30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. An 86-year-old rivalry between the Cardinals and Philadelphia Eagles. Remember they met twice before when they were both in the NFC East, but now meeting here in 2022. And an Eagles team that 
going back to the offseason, Paul, I don't know how much people expected them to be the last undefeated team no. in the league. No. I mean, they had a great offseason. You know, they get the uh, Rex Ryan Award for winning the offseason. <laughs> okay, we gave them the hardware on that. We didn't expect this. And no, I wasn't there in 1935 when this series started. So just to eliminate that, right? All the young punks walking around here and the interns. No, Pauly Pencilneck was not there in 1935 when the Cardinals and Eagles first started playing. No, but, uh, and I'll include myself in the category, Paul, we do show our age more so than <laughs> any of us want to care to admit yeah. based off the uh, demographic of yeah. our digital content team. Yeah, It's not age, it's erudition. And that's my final word. That's my word of the day, erudition. Look it up, Bird Gang. <laughs> on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Joe Mamahundro. For Paul Calvisi, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.